This episode of Talking Football is brought to you by Nectar CBD. CBD helps provide relief for anxiety, depression, and other health issues. So whether it's helping you focus on a hard project or helping you fall asleep after a busy day, which I definitely know about, Nectar CBD can help you live an elevated life by alleviating some of the biggest distractions you face daily. That's right, everyone. So head over to NectarCBDProducts.com and use our promo code TFP15. Again, that's NectarCBDProducts.com and our promo code TFP15. What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming to you today with another episode of Talking Football Plenty of us to talk to talk about going around the league. News just breaking everywhere. We got the CBA negotiations changing things up. We got free agency coming up. And we are another episode closer to hitting that triple digit mark, which is exciting for us because we've just been grinding just a little over a year now. And then, like I said, we got more free agency talk. But we're going to go ahead and get straight into the episode. We're done with the bullshitting. Let's just hop right into it. Tree Sevilla, let's take it away. Yeah, so actually we are eight days, seven days for the people that are listening to this on Friday. Seven days away from our one-year anniversary, by the way. So that's cool. Um, and second off, I apologize, everyone, for not coming out on Thursday. This is my fault. I uh, I had some work commitments that I had to get done. And so I asked Austin, hey, do you want to go one day later or do you want to go solo? And just how I knew my guy would step up, he said, I'll wait an extra day and go with you. So <laughs> here we are, and uh, let's just dive right right into it. So Trisivia, Austin. So it's a player A, player B comparison. Okay. I want to know who they are, and then who would you choose, or vice versa. So player A has 3,827 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, a 59.4 completion percentage, a 78.8 passer rating, and he started every single game this year. Okay. Player B, 31-38, so 3,138 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 63.2 completion percentage, 83 passer rating, and he missed one game. Who are these two players? And who would you rather have? Okay, so if I'm looking at it initially, player A has 22 touchdowns, more yardage, but 21 interceptions. Player B, quarterback two, has 700 less yards, 17 touchdowns, so five less touchdowns, and then 11 less interceptions, meaning they have 10. So in my mind, you missed one game. You don't have as many touchdowns, but you do not have 11 more interceptions, which in my mind means you are taking care of the ball. You are valuing your possessions have value to them, and you're not giving the opposing team points with a potential pick six. So to me, I'm taking player B, quarterback two, with 3,100 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. I'm also going to assume you probably have a decent run game if your quarterback numbers are less than 20 touchdowns. Okay, so player B is your choice at quarterback if you were starting a franchise, and you can only choose these two players. Yep. Good to know. All right, who do you think player A is? Okay, so before I run through every single team once more, um, I've been notorious for that. 
are both of these guys in the same conference, not division conference, because those are two different things. They are two different things. And no, one is in the AFC and one is in the NFC. Okay, so let's start with quarterback A. I'm going to run through the East. Okay, I'm just going to say a team and just hit me yes or no. Actually, no, because if they've started every game, you can narrow it down. So in the East, Tom Brady only played every game. So he's better stats than this. Sam Donald missed a game. Josh Allen had better stats than this. And then so on and so forth. The Dolphins, they didn't have a starting quarterback. You want to go to the West? Derek Carr comes to mind. He played every game. I believe his stats are a little better than this. I don't think he threw that many interceptions. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, way better than that. Drew Locke didn't start. And then Phillip Rivers, his stats are clearly better than this. You go through the South. Brissett. Is it Jacoby Brissett? That name would kind of seem familiar. It is not, but good guess. Okay. Uh, you want to go Jacksonville. That was a whole mess. Deshaun Watson had didn't have 21 interceptions. Um, and then the Titans, Tannehill didn't start every game. So we've got the East, the West, and the South gone. Let's head up North. All right. We're not going to go NFC North. We're going to say AFC North because that's the correct conference. So you go to <laughs> you go to Cincinnati. Andy Dalton didn't start every game. Big Ben didn't start every game. Who else do we have? The Ravens. So this is this is uh, Baker Mayfield. This is Baker Mayfield. Hey, look at me go. Yep. Player A is Baker Mayfield. Sorry I started with the complete last division yes, that this person did. was in. What a way to do it. <laughs> God bless yeah. it. Yeah, Baker Mayfield had 21 interceptions? Yes. Bro, hand the fucking ball off. I know. <laughs> you got Chubb like, and Hunt right like behind you. Fantastic running back or anything. Or two fantastic receivers that you literally could probably just throw screen passes to and they would get the job done. Um. Okay, player B. So, obviously, A is in the AFC. So, now player B is in the NFC. So, you're already down to 16 teams. And, Ruts, remember, this player has missed one game. Okay, so you missed one game. Is it going to be Kyler Murray? No, he didn't miss a game. Okay. Kyler Murray, Jerry Goff played every game. Jimmy Garoppolo played every game. Um, Russell Wilson played every game. They're all better stats than that. Um, You want to go south? Cam Newton missed more than one game. Drew Brees didn't miss more than one game. Um, I'm trying to just rattle these off. Matt Ryan, his stats got to be better than that, correct? Not Matt Ryan. They are, but that would have been a good guess because he missed one game. Yep. I honestly uh, thought that's who you were going to guess. I was was g- going to put a lot of my eggs in that basket for sure. Uh, Jameis Winston, 30 for 30 club. Uh, so I already went through the AFC West. I went to the NFC South, NFC East. Carson Wentz missed. Mm. <sighs> nope. It's okay. They got Dak Prescott. No. Eli- Daniel Jones. He missed more than one game. Yeah, Eagle, I started the first three games. Yeah. Um, the Redskins, not the Redskins. So now we're back to the end of both these teams, the NFC North. Is this Mitchell Trubisky? This is Mitchell Trubisky. Holy shit. <laughs> you would I rather have Mitchell Trubisky me, than... <laughs> man. Of course I pick Mitch. <laughs> yep. You just, picked, you just picked Mitchell Trubisky over... Mr. Um, Baker Mayfield. So have fun with that. One and two, though. That's close. You know, first pick, second pick in the draft. Like, that's 
that's a bang bang situation. You know, I'd like to see it again. Um, I've heard a referee tell me that before. You know, I'd like to see that play again. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Mitchell okay. Trubisky had 10 interceptions and 30. So this isn't because you had a good running game. This is just because you suck. <laughs> That's what it's like when you look at these stats. And then Baker Mayfield, he just lets that puppy fly. Whether it's the right read or not, whether it's open or not, like we're just going to throw it out there. We'll put Odell on a highlight reel. Javar Slangy will catch it and won't run after it. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. That's basically how it is. So... All right, cool. Um, so that was kind of a mixture of who am I plus uh, Presidia. So we're going to just go with that one for today, and then I'll go back to the normal two different things going going forward. There we go, because that took me about, like, you know, 10 minutes to get through. It did. Um, Got to love it. Glad we figured that out. So just once more, quarterback A. 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 59.4 completion percentage, and just under as just under 80 at 78.8 QBR rating is Baker Mayfield. And then 3,100 yards, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 63.2 completion percentage, and then an 83 even quarterback rating is Mitchell Trubisky. And that is a quarterback I picked, strictly just looking at stats. If you're honestly starting a team and pick between those two guys, you might as well just go to the next best player available because I don't know if I'm starting to franchise with either of them, and that's just me being honest. I agree. All right. So since we were talking about Baker Mayfield, maybe we should talk about uh, the guy that's been protecting him at left tackle, who's not going to be protecting Baker Mayfield anymore. <laughs> so this is Greg Robinson, who has – Literally 157 pounds of marijuana. That is How much literally- was that? Let's, let's say that number one more time in case people in the back didn't hear it. Or maybe it kind of buzzed out or someone yeah. honked a horn right as it was said. What was that weight one more time? The amount of weight that Kyler Murray weighs, that much weight in weed, which is 157 pounds. 157 pounds of like, dude, you you pull your back out trying to lift that much weight up. <laughs> 157 pounds of marijuana. Yes. God like, bless it. What like what is going through people's heads when they're like, we can get away with just carrying this much marijuana and we'll be fine (laughs) so it sounds like he was driving from los angeles to louisiana and they accidentally went through mexico and when they were coming back into the united states i guess that's where they got busted from my understanding from what i heard today so they accidentally went into Mexico and then were like, oh shit, now we gotta go through border protection and somebody and that's how they caught them? Is that is that how this happened? I guess I never even looked into like how they got like pulled over. <laughs> From my understanding. So apparently there was a conversation between Greg Robinson and the passenger that was with them. Greg Robinson to the passenger goes not basically, hey, will you take it? I will pay you. 
Passenger two goes, what do you mean? Robinson goes, there's a lot of marijuana. Can you take it? Passenger two, passenger two learns that there's 157 pounds of weed in the back of the rent of Tahoe. So he, I'm going to have to read more of this story. That's just a quick little. So he was basically trying to have him be his fall guy. Absolutely. Chris Carter knows. Chris Carter knows how this is all supposed to work. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, what are you doing with 157 pounds of marijuana? Obviously, it sounds like you're probably going to be distributing it. Obviously. Okay, I mean, some people, idiot. some people might not know. All right. Okay. That's fair. You have 157 pounds to yourself. I literally asked how long would it take an individual to go through that? Someone told me about 10 years. You're going to have weed just sitting around for 10 years. It's 157 pounds. Yeah. For a decade. You're going to be rolling into 2030 with like, ah, finally finished my stash, man. Can we have and, another one? And also, who said 10 years? Someone on Twitter, dude. I don't know. I'm not going to like longer? act like I'm – I'm not going to act like, yeah, I'm like a marijuana expert, but – I feel like it'd be a lot longer than 10 years to smoke 157 pounds. Well, I'm sure there'll probably be some times where maybe you're just kind of passing it about. Dude, it's, it's, it's um, whatever. Like, I'm not going to get into this right now. <laughs> someone goes a fourth a day would take 27 years. Yeah. That's what someone fourth, responded to. A fourth? Oh, my God. A, yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. Twenty, you got it for thirty years, man. Yeah, that, that's a fucking mortgage. <laughs> what do you pay off first, a mortgage or how smoking all of my marijuana I have in the basement? Oh my god, uh, I have so many questions. Like, how did you load it in the car? Did you just have it sitting back there, like just strictly in the duffel bags? Was it like neatly stacked? Was it just thrown in? How did you, like, did you pay for all of it? How much did it cost? And then how the fuck did you not have a route planned to not, like, go internationally? Like, how do you just, ah, fuck, we're in Mexico because we're going to have to go through Border Patrol to get back. Like, just how does that process not go through your mind when you have 157 pounds of weed? Yeah. That's absurd. That's 20 years in prison, what they might be facing in charges. That's what I was about to get to. Like, let's get over the whole 50, 157 pounds. Let's talk about like the real thing. About, this dude might be in prison for 20 years. That's just a whole – that's a life – no, I can't say. I mean really though. Like you just threw away everything you had. Yeah, for sure. It's like taking a rock and throwing it to a lake. That's literally what you just did with your career. Yep. Yeah. NFL-wise, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, Absolutely horrible people are idiots it's just such a stupid thing to do <laughs> it really is like you don't have anyone else in your circle going like hey boss maybe we should think about a different avenue of like making some extra cash like maybe we should invest yeah. in something yeah nah dude i'm gonna go pick it up myself <laughs> yeah you don't even have somebody that just goes and does it for you come on get out of here greg robinson Get the fuck out of here. And of course he's on the Browns. Yes. Of course. Oh, they just can't escape it. Like, it just... 
That's the Browns, man. The, the Browns are going to brown. It's amazing. It they get really- taken to the Super Bowl every day. They just straight shitter, like every day. Every it's a, it, it really is amazing that they can't get out of their own way. All right, enough about our weed story. So let's move on to the CBA talk. Um, so first off, J.J. Watt just tweeted out, hard pass on the CBA. So that was pretty funny, uh, which I don't necessarily blame him. But um, let's get into it. So the few things that are big on the storylines around here. Only three preseason games. Add an extra regular season game, so there's 17. Instead of 12 playoff teams, there's set. Uh, sorry, 14 playoff teams, seven on each side. And instead of two teams having a bye, it's only one team having a bye. And then now fourth year and fifth year options on those rookie deals are now fully guaranteed if you're still on that roster. I shouldn't say on that roster, but still on that contract. Fourth and fourth year, because right now it's currently only fifth year. Uh, fourth year and fifth year will now be. So that's very good for rookies. I can obviously four year four and five, you're starting to get into the, that prime of your career. So I mean that's a very big thing for them. Uh, but with that extra game, they're not getting paid like a normal game salary. It's like forty percent of what if you do the math and divide it out between the game, all the games. It's like. 40% of a game check for that extra game. So, Austin, I'll just start off with – we haven't talked about this, so I want to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on all of this? So, I think the way that it was listed, I think it was Ian Rappaport said, like, hey, that might solve, like, how they get paid for the 17th game for 250000 Because a lot of people might don't really know this. NFL players, they don't get paid year-round. They only get paid for regular season games. And then when the playoffs come, everyone's paid the same amount if you win player-wise, and same with the Super Bowl. And I think if you win MVP, I think you get more, like, you know, it's just an incentive or whatnot within your contract, depending on what contract you're on. So Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if he has an incentive in his contract, right? So 16 games, these guys get paid their salary for whatever that deal is for that year. They get paid out over 16 games. For the 17th game... They were just going to get $250,000, everyone on the team. And I think that's kind of where J.J. Watt was like, yeah, no. I'm not going to play an extra game and not get paid some million dollars. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That would be like you working overtime and then going, yeah, we're going to pay you the same amount. Like We're going to pay you the same rate after 40 hours. And some people would be like, oh, they're NFL players. I'm going to play 60 minutes. Like, hey, this is a long season. You just lost a preseason game, which some people were kind of going for anyways. But that's also another week of rest for a lot of starters that have just gone through training camp. They've kind of gone through everything. They're beat up. This is like their week before everything kicks into high gear, correct? And then it's also the last opportunity for guys that have been working their entire lives for this chance. Like, since they were born, like since they were little, they've had this dream. They've worked for it. They've achieved it. They made it through camp. They made it to the last game. They made it past. They're right there at cut date. Let's make a play, make it happen. They lose that opportunity. So in that regards, I hate losing the fourth preseason game. And I also hate how the structure is just kind of mixed up here because you throw in a 17th game that's going to change the overall record of teams. That's going to change history. 
The records that have been just set in stone can easily be changed and affected now from here on out. Division-wide, it's changed. The competition level. Who's the extra game that's being played? And then they also want to add in another team on each conference in the playoffs. Like, that's huge. It changes everything. It's going to be awesome. I mean, we're also going to watch every game if this goes through, and we're going to love every single bit of it. I heard a point today that, you know, we're all going to love it when there's an extra playoff game because the Super Bowl is going to fall on President's Day, and so you're really going to have that holiday for a Monday to not go to work. So I think some people may not realize that. I heard someone say it on the radio this morning, and I was just like, shit, that is right. You put an extra week in there. That spaces it out to President's Day that weekend. I mean, everyone pretty much knows the Sunday before President's Day is the Super Bowl. You already have it scheduled easily, and then you just go from there on everything else. I did not realize that, and I love that so much. Yep. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. I'm for that. I'm for that. Um. So my thoughts overall is I'm good with the seven play- – Seven teams in each conference playoff bracket. Only team one gets a bye. Like, I'm 100% for that. Uh, The 17-game season, obviously, they need to get paid just their normal salary. Like, that's just the way it has to be. Duh. Um, Fourth, fifth-year option, guaranteed, good. you got to start getting closer to more of the guaranteed money uh, for the players, right? So, I'm all for all of those things. Uh, the preseason thing, I'm fine with three. I get your point on like week four is kind of like your last chance for a lot of, you know, smaller name people or whatnot. So I get that. Uh, one thing that I haven't seen, but I hope is honestly that they push with, if that's the case, they push training camp later in the year, even though like we all want football to start sooner, but like, hopefully that keeps players healthy, right? And mm. keeps it like, hey, let's not have – maybe we only have three weeks of training camp, camp and not four weeks, right? And just like sh- shorten it in that sense to try to keep players a little bit more healthy. Yeah. So um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the owners signed the deal, so they're good with it, which usually means the players are not going to be good with it. So <clears> – <throat> but one – the great thing is, is we're already getting to the point where – People are signing it, and it sounds like they agree on a lot of things, and there's just certain – given they're going to be big, big things, but like we're getting closer, and we still have a whole year to go through this. Like It's yeah. not like it's not like starting in July, it's lockout – or I mean sorry, I guess it would be at the start of the new year, so it's not like in March it's lockout time. We're weeks away. We have a full year to get this rolling and get this signed, so – I think it's great progress overall because let's not forget whatever it was six years ago when we had this again, there was a small lockout. It was yeah. shut down for a little bit. No no games were missed. Draft was fine, all of that. But, like, yeah, there was a mini lockout in a sense. Yeah, I think the another point that was made that we haven't gone over is the percent change, uh, what's going to go to the players. I think they go from, like, 46 or 47 to 48, you know, percent. Uh, revenue goes to the players which is about five billion dollars in total which sounds great like that sounds like a lot of money but for that to be dispersed over 32 teams 
and about 53 players per team, that quickly goes away in a sense with somehow contracts are set up and how these guys are getting paid. So $5 billion is a lot, but this business of the NFL makes a ton. And so many other companies feed off of that and they make revenue because of this business. So my question is, why is it not just 50? Like, why is it not 50 goes to the owner, 50 goes to the players? I mean, that's 32 guys getting 50% of the revenue, you know, possibly from the NFL, depending on how that's split up and shared. 32 guys get that. And then however many players in the NFL split the other 50. Like, if that's that big of a jump in my mind, I feel like that's how it already kind of was, right? I guess not. But if you do that, that gives teams an opportunity to just, I mean, honestly, just build great franchise, like great teams and just pay guys and go. So maybe that's the reason why it just changes the pay scale of everything. We're going to be talking astronomical numbers year in and year out. But if you add in a 17th game, my major concern is the amount of records that have been like been held in history, like how much quicker and easier those are going to be broken and changed. So I feel like there's a lot of new records that are be put in place. There's going to be the asterisk with like 17 game season, 16 game season, and I know it's just changed throughout the years as well. When because how many games were there before? There was like 14, and then they moved it up to 16. Yeah, so I it's similar process, but that's just kind of where my mind goes with adding another game and then the injury, the health issues, how long the season is, and just kind of prolongs everything in a way. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point as well. It's going to be interesting. We're going to be talking about this a lot the next couple of weeks, I'm sure, because there's a lot more news each day that's going to be breaking, which is great. It's a great time to have this, obviously, with free agency and the draft coming up. Like This is a fun topic as well. So moving on to some other things that have happened throughout the week. It's crazy how busy this week's been in the NFL. Um, Damon Harrison, Snack, Snacks Harrison, on the Detroit Lions, who we just talked about last episode, he was released today. Uh, reports are that he's been thinking about retirement for a while and they were just, just saying, one, know what saves us $6.5 million. If we just release you right now, if you go somewhere, it is what it is. But if you retire, oh, well, it's now off of our books a couple weeks before free agency, we can figure out if we want to sign a new player. Um, so they're up to like almost $54 million in cap space lines. They have money to spend and they can get some players. So just don't spend it on the wrong players. Be wise. Make some trades. Get some free agents, other free agents that are just glue guys, and then draft well, and you guys will be in it. I wonder if that puts them in an opportunity to kind of pursue a Chris Jones type deal. But why go – oh, Chris Jones. I'm sorry. I was thinking you were thinking – this is Chris Harris. Sorry. Chris Jones, yes, absolutely puts them in that, especially if they trade – Slay, that saves up another like $11 million. Yeah, and we might as well just get into that right now. The yeah. Those those rumors heating up are between the Broncos and the Rams. We had a huge discussion last episode about the, excuse me, the Lions trading with the Rams for a Todd Gurley-type player after trading Slay to the Eagles. The Eagles get that secondary help they need. They're, they both just trade third-rounders, and it just kind of goes from there. Listen to the last episode. You're going to hear everything. We broke it down. Really well done by us. Proud of us. Props to us. Uh, but, like, let's say this sleigh trade goes to the Rams and Gurley is a part of that package with a draft pick. Like, that kind of helps you out still. Like, that's still, I feel like, a decent type trade 
Rams create cap space. They get more talent on that defensive secondary that they need. Like that might kind of work out for them. Yeah, because Gurley is like 15 million right now. Slay's 11, so basically Rams are saving themselves like four or five million dollars. And obviously the Lions, like I just said, 54 million. Like, and that's with Slay on their book, so it just drops them to 50 million. Honestly, that's still plenty of money to sign a Chris Jones. For the Rams or, so, or for the Lions? For the Lions. For the Lions. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would be big. Or they could go after the other guy that just opted out of his deal today, a division rival in Everson Griffin. He just – so that was an interesting contract. Um, Tyler Fornes of CC Scouting, he, uh, he actually told me about this a few weeks ago when I was doing a salary cap piece for them. Um he, I was talking to him about like who could be some cap casualties for the Vikings, and he actually said, well, Griffin may not just be one because he might just opt out because of the way his contract was. He needed six sacks last year for him to be able to opt out of his contract, and he had eight and a half, nine, I think, and so, he, so that's why he opted out, which he was going to make good money, so he must think that his market is going to be pretty big. Because he was going to make decent amount of money for the Vikings, which is interesting. With there's some pretty good defensive linemen in this draft. There's some very good free agent defensive linemen. Given they all might not hit the market, but yeah. you know, so that's an interesting move in my opinion. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like instant landing spots that work out for him where he's going to get paid. I mean, with the Raiders. Dolphins. So the Raiders? Raiders. Damn, you like the Raiders just going crazy this offseason, don't you? I do. I really think that they're going to finally spend all this money. Like, I mean, th- they spent quite a bit last year and stuff. They don't have as much as they, they normally have been, but I still yeah. think that they – I mean, they have to. They are going to Las Vegas. They have to have all these new faces. Like, it has to be a, a very exciting time for them. They have to be able to sell tickets and – just having an NFL team in Vegas is not going to be long-term like success. Like you have to have big name, high character type guys into teams to get fans to be excited. So we don't have this on our rundown here, um, but I saw something about a couple hours ago. Uh, Derek Carr, I guess he put out some Instagram post or tweet that was kind of alerted some people, but it sounded like maybe interested in Chicago being a quarterback for the bears. I have, I don't know how much truth or depth into this. It was just one of those storylines I saw on Twitter and I was like, Oh shit. Like that would be interesting if the Raiders were to trade Derek Carr to the bears. How would that look like? What would be offered? How does that help the Raiders? Where does Mitch go? Does that help the bears that much? Like, I think that'd be a great fit. For Derek Carr, if he lands in Chicago with Nagy, a guy Nagy can trust, a, a smart mind, strong arm, makes plays, stays alive in the pocket. He's finally getting healthy again. All they need to do is build an offensive line. They have receivers. They have a running back. Their defense is it is the defense. We've said numerous times, right, they have like a year or two of that defense, and then that's going to be it. Like They're going to have to start rebuilding it. You throw Derek Carr in that piece, the NFC North just got a lot stronger. 
than it already was. So this is how I see it. Um, if they traded him, I think it would literally cost the Bears like a fourth, fifth round pick. I don't think it would cost much. And then what if the Raiders move package 19 and 12, say to the Chargers at six, say the Chargers do get a Cam Newton or they're fine with Tyrod Taylor and they're like, we don't need a running back. We just need more people, more players. We're okay with moving back six spots plus having another pick in the teens. Pick six, maybe John Gruden falls in love with the Justin Herbert or a Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love's a good fit. I just don't know if the Raiders would trade in a division with the Chargers. Like, we don't see a lot of divisional trade to be it's made, true. right? It No, we don't. But it's not like it's for players. It's like it's for picks, which is a little bit different. Right? Like, you don't see, like, players for players. But yeah, you can see you could see picks for – yes, you could. You, you're right. You don't see them all the time. But, like, <laughs> I think you can. So, but here's the big thing with Carr is salary this this year 19 million next year 19 and a half million the year after that just under 20 million that's his salaries for the next three years so realistically that's not that bad for a quarter like for your starting quarterback no it's really not like now the way it is right but you're right it's really not that bad which is kind of what i'm getting at right like where it's like it's that much that's something the Bears could take on because the Bears don't have a ton of salary cap, but that's something they could take on. They know. spend money this offseason. They rebuild their offensive line. They, I mean, they have a running back. They have Montgomery, receiver. Yeah. Allen Robinson had a Pro Bowl type year, didn't get recognition. Yep. The defense we just we just talked about. Yep. I and think. It, it I mean. If it doesn't work out, sorry for cutting you off. You're good. Next year, so even after this year, next year, it's only $2.5 million in dead money if they released him. Like, it could be a one-year trial. If it doesn't work, you can get rid of him for basically nothing. I mean, if you're the Chicago Bears, I think that's a, a genius decision. Agreed. That just leaves the Raiders with, what do we do? What do you do at quarterback? There's Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton. I don't know why no one is talking about where's Andy Dalton going. Yep. I, I, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, why is not one single person going, what do we do with Andy Dalton? Uh-huh. Oh, what if the fucking Raiders did this shit? They trade for Josh Rosen. I think Gruden loves Josh Rosen. He probably loves his attitude. That cocky, I don't give a fucking shit about nothing. You can't be smarter than me. John Gruden's going to be smarter than him. He's going to respect John Gruden. Yeah. I fucking hate Josh Rosen, but I like this <laughs> idea. I really like this idea, though. See, this is what happens, man. I, we just get in these deep assholes. And we just we roll. But, like, that, to me, that makes sense. That works for the Bears. That works for the Dolphins. You're getting a new quarterback. You definitely didn't want him there. Fitzpatrick can be your groomsman, you know, the little bridge to the next era of quarterback there. Rosen, you move on from him. What do the Raiders trade? A fifth, sixth rounder for him? Like, he, you're not going to give up a second for him. You're just do a first. Just do a three-way deal, dude. 
So Raiders <laughs> with the Raiders, the Dolphins, and the Bears, just make it a three-way deal. Just make it one transaction. It's easier for the NFL. Paperwork, less paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, I just – because, I mean, if the Raiders get rid of Derek Carr, I don't know if there's anyone that they're looking at in the draft that they just absolutely love, that they have a realistic shot at to build on going to Las Vegas – to me, in my mind, I think that just works with Josh Rosen. It does. Fuck, oh, man. Damn, dude. We just... But what if they actually really do offer that $30 million a year to Tom Brady? Tom Brady's not leaving New England. I don't he's think not going to go to the fucking Raiders and face Patrick Mahomes twice a year. He's not going to face the Chargers, who are loaded on defense. You don't think his ego wants to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year? Please. Oh, my God. Please. Please come play Patrick Mahomes twice a year and just let your legacy be overcome by Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you're just every fucking torch you got sitting behind you, you can just hand on over to him every game. You play another two or three seasons, four to six torches going straight to Mahomes. He's not going to beat the Chiefs with the Raiders. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying you really don't think a player like Tom Brady's ego would say, I don't want to face Patrick Mahomes twice? I don't think it's his ego on facing Patrick Mahomes. I think it's going to be the ego of, okay, the Kansas City Chiefs, if they find a way to creep Chris Jones, I got Chris Jones, I got the Shark Frank Clark, Honey Badger, Juan Thornhill, in an offense whose firepower is endless. Yeah, that's fair. So here's an I, – I get your point here. So we're good there. So I'm sorry. I'm just looking at other free agent names. What about Teddy Bridgewater? To Oakland? Yeah. Playing this might sound silly because a lot of people aren't gonna, are going to say Josh Rosen isn't this, but I think they're going to want someone that gets people excited. And I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater – excites a new city and a new fan base you know what i mean yeah and you're right my initial thought was and josh rosen does but i think with josh rosen a cali boy born and raised in that on the west coast that's not going to be too big of a scene for him it's not going to be overwhelming and i'm not saying it would be for teddy bridgewater that's not what i'm saying at all i'm just saying with with josh rosen I think you're going to hear Gruden just kind of boost everything up, say how excited he is. You know, he loves the mindset, his presence, his attitude, everything everyone else hates about him, he loves. And that's just going to fit. Do you think, like, and do you want to know who a player that would be amazing fit for them, which is not possible at this point, I understand that, but, like, a guy that I'm like, want to know who would be perfect with John Gruden? Drew Locke. Uh, yeah, dude. Like, is he not he, like his he court? loved him at the Senior Bowl? He would not like. They were literally like best fucking friends at the Senior Bowl. There you John go. Gruden, lo- I mean, talked about him, praised the freaking shit out of him. But yeah, I mean, you're I exactly just, right. Yeah, interesting. So John Gruden's probably sitting there right now, going, "We should have just gotten rid of this. We should have just gotten rid of Carr." I didn't like him anyways. He's too nice. He's not aggressive enough. I had a kid sitting right there with a cool helmet that was white with a throwback logo down in Mobile, Alabama, 
I became real good friends with him. He's got a good mind, a strong arm. He's smart. He's got potential. And I just let him go. And now he's on the Raiders. I can hear I can hear Gruden talking about this in five years, saying something very similar to that. Me too. I, have I had him right there. I had him right there. Yeah. Oh, that, that's rough. All right. Well, that would be interesting to see, right? Like with the whole Derek Carr Instagram, Instagram, right? You said something? Not yeah. Social media, like interesting. Well, let's see how that plays out. Um, let's see. We'll, we'll get to a few other things because we got a, We got a lot to still talk about today. Uh, Stefan Diggs basically deleted all of his pictures and whatnot on Instagram of the Vikings. Seems like this is like the second time this has happened. Maybe not, but he's just like he's clearly not happy in Minnesota. And it's not like we all understand Vikings fans. Like it's not it's like this is why we don't trade him like he's so good at this and that like it's not that's not why right nobody's questioning how good he is it's if he, he wants to be there or not right like i i have to fight this battle every day with yanni Gengakwe, right like everybody's like yeah he's gone he's gone i'm like no he's not and maybe deep down like it's just because i don't want to admit it but like it's not because of the talent yanni Gengakwe is absolutely amazing so is stefan diggs but if they don't want to be there, eventually something's going to happen. And you might just have to trade a player. Like that might just be the reality of it. I just I feel like I feel like Stefan Diggs has outgrown Minnesota. Like I feel yeah. like he's outgrown the Minnesota Vikings in what their current era is right now. When you look at the Minnesota Vikings, I don't think a superstar, a flashy player like a mega player being in Minnesota right now. They win games. They compete every year. They're close. Something happens to mess up. Stefan Diggs, I think he's just tired of it. I think he wants a bigger scene. I think he wants a better situation. Now, where that is for him right now, I don't really know. I don't know if he wants a bigger city. I don't know if he wants – you can't really say a better team because the Vikings are competing. I mean, they beat the Saints in the playoffs. Shocked them. Again, good for them, for the Vikings, great. But I don't, I don't know. I just feel like looking at Stefan Diggs and the production that he can put when he's at his best overreaches Minnesota, and that might be a little cocky of me to say. It might be a little arrogant of me to say. But realistically, looking at it, when I see Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, I don't think superstar receiver Stefan Diggs. I just think it's a weird fit. I still think it's weird that Kirk Cousins is in Minnesota. In my mind, that just doesn't – Kirk Cousins and Minnesota Vikings don't feel like that's a great pairing. Yeah. If you could name one team for Stephon Diggs for a perfect fit, go. San Francisco 49ers. I like that. My thought was give Carson Wentz an actual weapon and wide receiver. That would be, that would be sexy in Philadelphia. It would. It really would. You could keep Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. You don't have to rely on him as much. Exactly. Ertz, Miles Sanders, and you rebuild the secondary. Yeah. Give him pick whatever the Eagles are. 22? 21? 21, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Give give him 21 for Stephon Diggs. Go for it. I love it. Wow. All right. I I love that. Let's move on, though, but I like that a lot. 
I really like it too. Like, and I just want, I just want Carson Wentz to have some fucking wide receiver <laughs> weapons that aren't, that aren't so old. Like, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are just too old at this point. Yeah. Those would have been, that would have been an awesome combination in 2012. It would have been so <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, okay. Staying in the same e- division as the Eagles, Washington Redskins. A lot of news came out of, from them the last 24, 48 hours. Adrian Peterson, he's back. He's playing another year with them. Great. Give Darius Geis another year to kind of do a split 50-50 and then going into, I guess it will be year four for him now. He's missed so much time his first two years, but uh, then he can be the guy. So I like that. And then the other one is what we talked about last episode, actually, Jordan Reed. We talked about how he was still in concussion protocol. Well, he still is, but now he's released, and the Redskins are saving $8.5 million by releasing him. I mean, smart move by them. He hasn't played in forever, and that's a lot of money to be paying a player that's really not giving you the production. Yep. And this is the guy you said had a concussion that he still hasn't passed, right? Yes, correct, from preseason, yep. Still in concussion protocol, which is just a giant red flag for your own health. And just you as an individual, it's a huge red flag for any other team potentially interested in you coming on coming aboard. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, yikes. All right. Uh, the big news is uh, Mr. Drew Brees, one of the all-time greats. He's coming back for another year. He's back. Love to see that. Very happy to see that. Uh, that does mean my prediction uh, during last offseason of Drew Brees, this being his final year in the NFL, was officially wrong. So apologize. I will apologize for that. Tried to tried to predict it. I was wrong. But what does that mean for the other quarterbacks? Right. So the Saints will be the Saints this year. They are going to be fighting for the number one overall uh, whatever Seed, seed, thank you. Jesus you Christ, I can I can speak today. Number one overall seed in the NFC, and then there's the other two. Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to be gone. He's going to go somewhere. He'll get a starting spot. Then there's the whole Taysom Hill thing. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about this, and I haven't really said a lot, but I'm going to now because he's from BYU. He's from around here. Um, people that say that they should treat him like – uh, like Lamar Jackson, the dude couldn't stay healthy in college. There's a reason why he was not drafted or drafted so low and everything. He gets hurt all the time when he's running. Why is he? Why has he been successful in the NFL with the Saints? Because he gets six plays a game. Like it's not you can stay healthy when you're touching the ball twice a game. Like it's honestly not that hard. So that's why. And he's not going to be a successful starting quarterback. Anybody that thinks that is an idiot. He's going to be 30. Now 31, if you're actually going to give him a starting chance. And he's thrown less than 15 passes in the NFL. Less than 50%. Yes, some of those are just like trick plays or whatnot, right? So, And a lot of them are like, you're trying to hit somebody over the top, right? You're just throwing a bomb, which percentage is already low there. But... Taysom Hill is not a quarterback in the NFL. He is the ultimate football player that can help your team win in other ways and help do successful things. Not play quarterback full time. 
I mean, I'm not, I don't have anything else to really add to that. I almost 30 years old. Now you want him to be a starter for your franchise. Like you said, he gets very limited plays a game. When he does play, he, you know, makes the most of it. But why is it taking this long to see him kind of be put in packages for the nine or for the Saints? Excuse me. Just kind of, I know you mentioned, you know, his religion took him out for a little bit. But, I mean, here we are. Why is it taking this long, though, for you to be showing some production within the NFL for the Saints? And now, if Drew Brees was to retire, are you actually getting the full-time job? If you are to go elsewhere, are you going to be used the same way? Are you going to be successful? What position are you going to be put in to succeed if you are to succeed? I just, I don't know. That's confusing to me. I think he's in a great fit where he's at, and I think he's used perfectly well on what his talent base is, and the Saints have taken full advantage of that. Uh, Moving on, though, from there, we're going to do some free agent fixes. Similar to what we kind of accidentally did for the Lions last week, we thought, you know what, let's go ahead and do this for every team. So we'll just go by divisions. Today we're going to go for the AFC East. What we're trying to do is not use multiple players to multiple different teams and just confuse the shit out of everybody. I will probably still do that because I love just mixing people around and just changing things up and going, you know what, this would actually be a cool fit. This would be a great opportunity for both teams, both oper- like both situations, both parties. That's what I'm trying to say. Let me just keep saying both, both, both. But here we are. Treese is well prepared for this. I'm going off a whim. I'm going to look at a name. I'm going to see these four teams and go, you know what? This would be kind of neat. And Teresa is going to go, you're an idiot, or that's a good idea, and we're just going to get into another hole for 40 fucking minutes on what we think with probably a different division and team. But right now we're going to try and stick with the AFC East. We're up on the board to fix the New England Patriots. Pretty clear fixes that they need. Offensive line, wide receiver. Defense, pretty damn good. One of the best last year. They need help at receiver. They need separation for Tom Brady because he's most likely going to be staying, and they also need time. Trees, what do you got? So here are some things that I was thinking. So wide receiver-wise, because you did bring that up, uh, I think they try to go big, right? You, a lot of people are going to say someone like A.J. Green. Uh, I don't think that they go after A.J. Green. I actually think they would go after someone like Emmanuel Sanders more. I think that that's a style of wide receiver that they would really like, but it might not even be wide receiver that they care about because it's just pass catchers and it's tight end. Like tight end is what they need. And we talked about this a couple episodes ago and it's Hunter Henry for me. I think that that is their number one go-to guy. That is what they're going to focus on during free agency is let's get this and we will build through the draft otherwise. But like a Sanders and uh, Hunter Henry to go along with Edelman and to kill Harry, I think that that's a great combination. Uh, Amendola is another guy. I think that Tom Brady wants Amendola back. I think that he's realized, hey, this was a go-to guy for me and I trust him and I need him back. So I could see a reunion there. Yeah. So those are the three main ca- pass catchers that caught my eye. Uh, you did bring up how their defense was pretty stacked. I do think that they could use some more help on the defensive line. And the guy that came to mind 
was in in Dominican Sioux. Wow. Seeing him there, getting older now, probably only has a couple years left. He's made his money with the Lions deal and then getting traded to the Dolphins, right? Like he's made his money. He might want to try to shoot for one chance at a Super Bowl, right? Like he he had that with the Rams, lost there to Tom Brady and the Patriots. Maybe he wants to go there and try to just go out on top with Tom Brady in one of these next two years. So Indominus Sue is a guy that I could see. Like it just feels like a Patriots pickup of like holy shit. Like you, we just let the Patriots get whoever they want. Like even though like because they're gonna see the name Indominus Sue and not realize yep. he's not who he used to be. But the Patriots still do that a lot. Yep. And they'll find a way to use Indominus Sue just the way he's supposed to be used. That's that's actually a really good fit for that defense. I'm gonna go ahead and throw a couple names out. Same positional group for offense, tight end and receiver combo, but. I'm going to say a different name at tight end, Austin Hooper. I think they, they see the size and the potential that he had in Atlanta with you know Matt Ryan and kind of how that offense was ran and the way they scheme everything up. I think the the Patriots look at that and go, you know what, I think we can do a lot better with this. Let's bring him in here. Let's see some production. And then another receiver, I think they want someone younger. I thought Emmanuel Sanders would be good. He, he's a great route runner. He gets separation due to the route. But I think they also might want some speed. And if you're going to get that in free agency, and I've said this a lot, the NFC East just loves to freaking interchange players, coaches, everything. If you're in the if you're in the AFC East and you've played for one team, you're probably going to play for another team in that same division before you go elsewhere in your career or you just retire. And in my mind, this is Robbie Anderson from the Jets. I think they look at this and go, hey, we got a guy with speed, reliable hands, looks a little crazy. Plays good football. Let's bring him in and see what happens. I think that's good for them. It helps Tom Brady. It spreads the field out. And it opens it up for Edelman underneath. And then you put an Austin Hooper, a reliable tight end over the middle, someone that can move after the catch. I think Hunter Henry's a perfect fit. I think that's great. You know, we talked about that. I don't want to steal your thunder there. But Austin Hooper is another name that I would keep an eye on for the Patriots if they are looking for reliable hands in a tight end position. I love that. All right, let's move on to the next team then, and that is going to be the Miami Dolphins. So, with the Dolphins, we all know they have three first-round picks, and they have a shit ton of salary cap. They literally can do almost anything they want. And uh, there's a lot of things that they need, obviously. They traded away their entire team. Uh, Quarterback, they're obviously going to go with that in the draft. Uh Offensive line is obviously a huge need, and that one's always funny to me because they traded away Tunsil, and like I still didn't understand that trade. Like it just doesn't make sense. Still, like you can't just trade that and then make okay, that's now an immediate need. I mean, the Jaguars did the same thing with Ramsey because now it's a need. I'm like, so why did you trade? <laughs> Whatever. It's it's weird to me. Like it just doesn't make sense. Uh, this is what I think. I think because there's a strong possibility that the Dolphins may need to package two of their first rounders to move up to get their quarterback, say at pick three with the Lions, that they're not going to have as much time to do or enough picks to get all their needs. So I still think that they try to draft a lineman with their other pick in the first round, which means pass rusher is going to be the big need for them in free agency. And again, they have a ton of money 
And there was one player that's saying that he needs more money than anybody, that he is going to break the bank, and that's Jadavion Clowney. I think Jadavion Clowney is there, and I think they try to team him up with a guy like Bud Dupree on the other side. I think they go double pass rushers on the um, free agent side. And you're you just shook your head like you're upset. No, it was just like I said earlier, I was going to go off a whim. And those were literally the two names that came to mind. <laughs> but I'm literally both of them. When you said Clowney, I was like, all right, cool. Then you said both of them. It's whatever. I love it. I mean, our great minds think alike. And that's where we are. I love the double pass rusher move. But I also think they need help at receiver. And that's kind of where things get interesting because Parker had a great year. You signed him to an extension. Now, is this someone you want to pair up and build off of? Because Mike Gusecki is a guy that I said last year was going to have a big breakout season, and it really just didn't happen. I think a lot of that was due to the quarterback situation. But if you want to add to the other side of Parker, I think Albert Wilson is an underrated name there. He did deal with an injury. He's a guy that formerly played for the Chiefs. He's kind of that unspoken hero for an offense. When he plays, he his speed creates issues. But I think if you want to get another receiver for your team as a Miami Dolphins, and I'm quickly just looking through this. We already discussed Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think that's a good option for them. Son of a gun. I just had the name here, and I am sitting here dumbfounded because I'm on the bottom of my list like a jackass. I just think receivers and Perriman. Thank you. Looking at Perriman, I think that's an option. He just in Tampa had a breakout year. Why not bring a guy that can help spread your offense out even more? And one more name that I just want to throw in there real quick. Phillip Rivers. Moved his whole family to Florida. Literally, you go from the West Coast to the East Coast. It sounds like a weird fit. It doesn't sound like somewhere he's going to go. But if they have this much money and they can bring in talent... Why not just have Philip Rivers just go one more time? One more time there. It sounds silly. I don't even know how much sense it makes, but that's just kind of what I'm thinking. So, yeah, my thought is what does Philip Rivers give you that Ryan Fitzpatrick does not? <sighs> Proven success, like consistent success. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I was just trying to think through that. Like, are they just trading some, like, a at least a veteran that can move around and run in Fitzpatrick, who led their team in rushing this year, which is a big-time uh, concern, obviously. But, yeah, I guess I could see it, though. I get what I get what you're thinking there. Interesting. Okay. If you, want to, if you want to mention running back, Jordan Howard from the Eagles is a free agent. It looks like the Eagles are fine with moving on with Miles Sanders. Yes, they are, for sure are. No, that's a good one. Yep. I mean, are they the t- are they the team that pays Derrick Henry? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> kid in the candy shop just got all this money and don't give a shit. Oh uh, God. Again, we we both think that he's back with the Titans, but I mean, just thinking of running backs, I'm like, holy shit! Like, there's one right there. Yep. Um. Okay. Cool. Uh, I think that's good for the Dolphins. Uh, who is next? The Bills? Bills. Let's do the Bills. Okay. Bills. Uh, wide receiver, obviously. And this is actually where I'm going to ha- say A.J. Green. I think wow. that this is where the big – we keep saying they don't need a speedy 
like small guys, they need a big bodied wide receiver that can just run down the field, out jump people. That's AJ Green. Give your young quarterback, Josh Allen, some time and a big body that he can just toss it. Toss it up and just say, let's go. Right? I still think that they should draft another wide receiver in one of the first two rounds, but if you get a guy like AJ Green, maybe you don't have to use your first round pick on a wide receiver. Maybe you can use it somewhere else. And then like an interior offensive lineman. Like they, they probably need a guard. So a guard or a center late in the first round. That's usually where you see guards and centers go. So there's that. They also need an edge rusher still. Uh, they're getting a little bit older on that on that side of the ball with Jerry Hughes. Um, Lorenzo Alexander retired. So that's yep, like yep. A, yep. So that's a bigger loss. Um, kind of like how you talked about of they like to uh, you know players go from inside the division going around and around. What about someone like Jamie Collins, who's done outside linebacker slash defensive end roles? Um, a guy that's aggressive. I could see someone like him fitting into that defensive scheme. Yeah, that would be neat. Oh, man. So let me go off of that. You think receiver-wise, Amari Cooper, let's just say the Cowboys can't figure it out with Dak and Cooper. Okay. And the Bills say, you know what? We got some money. Why wait on a receiver to develop, get used to this? Let's just bring in a guy that we can pay who's going to like a strong-arm quarterback who might like Buffalo. He's kind of quiet, keeps to himself. Let's spend some money here. And I think that sets up your offense. Singletary running back, Dawson Knox at tight end, John Brown at speed on the other side. He's throwing Amari Cooper with Cole Beasley. That might mean that's like a perfect scenario for the Bills. Now, how much he's wanting paid? Do the Cowboys are the Cowboys willing for him to go to an AFC contender? Would Amari Cooper really want to go to Buffalo? But, I mean, the Bills are literally this type of player away from winning that division and getting a pretty high seat up in the AFC and being a team that everyone's going to fear. I mean, if you put Amari Cooper on this team at Buffalo, look out. Because their offensive line, I mean, they need maybe one or two more pieces on that offensive line to like have a complete offensive line, which is very hard to find. Yep. Then you have your receiving core, which is not a lot of big names, but you got speed, reliable, Cole Beasley hands, Amari Cooper veteran, you know, freak talent there. And then that defense develops very nicely. I, th- yeah. I think that helps them out a lot. I agree. I agree. And I mean, the offensive line is in pretty good shape though. Like I, I know I said that I think they need a guard, but like, uh, what Mitch Morris, right? They took him from the Chiefs Chief. last year, and he's center. Uh, and then like they got who's the Oklahoma Cody? I can't remember his name. Cody right Ford. Now. Ford, thank you. And One he, more name. Good, yep. Go you ahead. haven't said this. You said linebacker. Yeah. Mr. Alexander retired. Yep. Corey Littleton from the Rams. Oh fuck off. He's mine. Already decided. It's going to the Duval. I'm just kidding. He's not. Nobody's going there. So that's fair. Um, Ouch. Okay. No, I actually really like that as well. 
Uh, I God, could you imagine that team with another speedster like him? Yeah. Oh, shit. That'd be that'd be crazy. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the last team now in this division, which is the Jets. <laughs> oh, the Jets. All right. Literally I'm, everybody. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> offensive line a huge need. I think this is where someone like Jack Coughlin comes off the board for the Titans, right? Like he's going to be the big name guy. He's there. Uh, I think, I think that they try to draft a cornerback. That's a need. I think they tried to draft a wide receiver. That's a need edge rusher. Maybe this is Matt where Matt Judon comes in. Maybe Mm -hmm. Judon and CJ Mosley were really good friends. And Mosley says, Hey, we're almost there. I missed the year. That's why the defense was weak. We need an edge rusher. You can be that guy. We have a dog, two dogs in the back, you know, playing safety. Like, we're good. Like, you're the missing piece on the defense. Yep. Uh, so I could see that. And they also need linebacker help. That was clear when C.J. Mosley let or got hurt. Like, they were just lost. And the guy that I think would be a perfect fit is somebody that Doug will not be happy that I'm saying his name because he wants him to go back to Cleveland. But that's Joe Shorebert. I think he would yeah. be a good fit right next to Mosley and just let those two play the two linebacker positions. Damn. That's good. That's good. So I'm going to go back to that defensive line and offensive line. Offensive line-wise, like I've said, the AFC East just interchanges players. Joe Thunley. I might have said his name wrong. Thunley. Thunley. He's a guard for New England. 27-year-old kid. You saw the issues that took place with the guards that the Jets brought in this last year with uh, Osamali, I believe was his name, the kid from the Raiders. Just ton of issues there. Probably doesn't want to play. They didn't like the way it was handled. You bring in Thunley, you go from there. And the defensive line, Kyle Van Noy, I think that's a possibility. A big, strong guy. And then another name that does not get a lot of recognition, but played very well up until he got hurt. And that's Emmanuel Ogba. That was a defensive end that the Chiefs went and traded. Um, oh, man, some safety. I can't remember his name, and I feel bad that I don't remember his name. Um, it was a corner from Minnesota that they changed into a safety or vice versa. Didn't work out in Kansas City. They traded him to Cleveland. John Dorsey liked him. They sent Emmanuel Ogba to KC. And this dude kind of lit it up for a little bit. I mean, he was a very, very good defensive end. At one point was leading the team in sacks until he tore his pec. And then he was kind of out for the year. But I think the the Jets could use that. I think that would be great for them. That helps their defense tremendously. They already got help along the offensive line. And we already said they lose Robbie Anderson. So receiver-wise... I mean, they're going to have to go heavy there in the draft. I think a lot of people already think that. I know I've already said Rashad Perriman earlier, but I think this could also be another landing spot for him. I think the Jets could go, hey, we need someone that may not meet, that may not be the biggest name out there, but someone that we can rely on that we know can produce. Maybe that's where Perriman is. I just think it's going to be hard for the Buccaneers to try and keep everybody um, within that, especially with the way they both both receivers produced with Evans and Perriman. Um, so I, to me, in my mind, I just think this is a good landing spot for him and it helps the jets out and it definitely helps out Sam Donald. Absolutely does. Uh, Eric Murray is the player you are thinking of. Thank you. Safety. Yep. So, um, okay, cool. I mean, they, we just named about six players for every team in the AFC East that you should be looking out for that could be good fits. 
for positional needs. So um, we'll keep going through this uh, and we'll get to your team eventually if we didn't today. So uh, just stay tuned for that. Again, it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy here. A lot of things going on, especially with CBA stuff. It's gonna be fun. This off season is going to be a wild ride, to say the least. And we're looking forward to it. So everybody, we thanks for tuning in. And tonight we've been talking football.